sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been worshiping with us here at Community Christian Reformed Church over the past six weeks, over the season of Lent, then you know that we have been walking through the Psalms. We've been walking through the Psalms of lament, Psalms that come from a place of brokenness and hurt, Psalms that come from a place of darkness and anger, Psalms that come from a place of despair, a place of fear, a place of hopelessness. And last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we looked at Psalm 27, and we looked and explored the reality that the Psalms are the prayers of Jesus. That in the Psalms, we see a piece of Jesus' soul. That through the Psalms, we see and we hear and we come to understand the very real, very human emotions that our Lord and Savior offered up throughout his life to his Father in heaven. And we are invited through praying these Psalms to offer those emotions from our lives as well. We do not worship a God who does not know our weakness. We worship a God who has walked in flesh as a human being. We worship a God who walked the path of suffering. We worship a God who had to pray his way through these difficult emotions. And this journey that we've been walking through the Psalms of Lament has led us here to the foot of the cross where we hear our Lord and Savior cry out in a loud voice the words of Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, the Son of God, cries out to God, why have you forsaken me? And this is the prayer that we explore when we come to the foot of the cross on Good Friday, when we come to the foot of the cross where our Lord and our Savior suffered and died because of his great love for us. The Psalms are the prayers of Jesus. The Psalms are prayers, and prayers are the words of human beings. And so it might be kind of an interesting thing when we look at the Psalms and we say that these prayers, these words that human beings spoke to God are part of the Word of God. 
The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer explores this mystery in his writings. He says, prayers are human words, but the Bible is God's word. And so why are there prayers in the Bible? How can we say that human words are the word of God? And we do say that these words are the word of God. We confess that the entire scripture, the whole Bible together is God's word. And so in a way, that means that when we pray the Psalms, when we pray the prayers of scripture, we are praying God's word to God. And that seems like kind of a confusing thing. How is it that the words of humanity make it into the Bible? How is it that the words of human beings become the word of God? And the answer, of course, is that this mystery happens in and through the person of Jesus Christ. In the person of Jesus, God became a human being. And so, when Jesus speaks, his words are human words, but they are also the word of God. When Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray in the Gospels, he teaches them human words. But through his saying them, those human words become the word of God. And this is what Jesus does throughout his life in everything that he does. This is what Jesus does throughout his life. And this is what Jesus does even in his death. Through the person of Jesus, the basic things of human life, things that we think are so, are so stupid and mundane, things that we think are so base, things like eating and drinking and bathing and sleeping, these become godly things. Because these are all things that God has done in Christ. The basic things that we do together in worship, praying, singing, preaching, fellowship, very human things, these become godly things. Because these are things that God has done in the person of Jesus. And even the ugly side of life. The things that we don't like to talk about because they hurt too much. Betrayal. Abandonment. Loneliness. Suffering, death, even these become godly things because they are things that God has done in Christ. 
This is what Jesus does. He brings heaven to earth in his very person. He unites God and humanity in his very being. Jesus steps into a world of darkness, a world that is broken, a world that is consumed by hatred and sin, and everything that he touches, he transforms. Everywhere he goes, he brings healing, he brings deliverance, he brings forgiveness, he brings peace, he brings reconciliation. He raises up that which has fallen. He restores that which is broken. He heals that which is diseased. Jesus sanctifies the everyday stuff of human life. He claims it as his own. And so begins the kingdom of heaven on earth. In and through him. And this is why when we celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we confess that he was condemned so that we might be acquitted. That he died so that we might have everlasting life. That he was buried in the ground so that we might never Fear the grave. That he cried out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So that we would always know that God will never, ever, ever abandon us. And this is the great mystery of Christ's suffering and death. This is the great mystery of Christ's cry of abandonment from the cross. That through his experience, because of what he went through, we are sanctified. The stuff of our lives, the everyday stuff of life becomes holy. It becomes godly. It becomes a partnership with Christ in life and in death. In the everyday things we do, eating and drinking and sleeping and bathing, we do these things with the Son of God who also did them. When we suffer, we suffer with Christ. When we die, we die in Christ. And when we cry out to God in agony and anger and abandonment, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting this happen to me? Why have you abandoned me? We are repeating the words that Jesus cried out from the cross. And even in those moments, even in the darkest moments, 
Christ is there with us. And he gives us the words to say, to offer ourselves up to God. Through his spirit, he comes to us, he speaks to us, he refreshes us, he nourishes us through the sacrifice of his own body and the pouring out of his blood. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said. O Lord our God, we thank you for the wonderful gift that you have given us. We thank you that we worship a God who is not unfamiliar with our weakness. That we worship a God who was tempted the way that we are. That we worship a God who did not consider himself so far above us, but came down and became one of us, living as we live, suffering as we suffer, crying out to God in anger the way that we sometimes cry out to God in anger, even dying. Oh, Lord our God, we thank you that when we experience these things, we do not walk a path that is unfamiliar to you. You know what it means to suffer. You know what it means to die. And as we walk this path of life, we know that we walk down paths that you have walked before us. And that brings us comfort and hope. Bless us, O Lord, as we prepare to receive this holy sacrament. Bless us, we pray, with a knowledge of how deep, how wide, how high, and how long is your love for us. A love so great that nothing could break it. A love so long that no matter how far away we ran, you were always there. Ready and willing to receive us to yourself. In Christ's name we pray. And say thank you. Amen.